second episode of the superheroes. Hey uh, guys, how are you? Good. Fine. Good. Still okay? Still okay. Still hanging on? Still hanging on. Right. I hope so. Alive and kicking. Alive and kicking, <laughs> even. Hey, uh, th- today it's the second episode and uh, we thought it was a good idea to um, not jump into a technology discussion right away, but um, start with the VMware vision and strategy, how, how we see um, see VMware and how VMware sees the world, the technology world out there. Um, now, VMware sees it as an any, any, any. Yeah, now, three any. Three any. Yeah. Now, any device, any cloud, and any application, right? And um, now, you, Frederick, you're into the EUC world, and the other Frederick is more into the data center world. So I would like to to ask um, the Frederick with the data center background, um, what his take is on this any, any, any story. And then we will jump to Frederick uh, about the EUC take on it. So, uh, hey, Frederick, what's your take on it? Wow. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Jumping right in. Yes. Uh, very broad, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. So this might take a while. We have plenty of time. <laughs> Good. So um, let's, instead of going broad, let's narrow it down first and then see how broad we can end up with. First things that we talk about um, when it comes to network and security, we talk about virtualizing, virtu- uh, the virtualization of those uh, of those components, right? And when we look back in history, one of the benefits of doing virtualization in the first place was that you have a form of choice, right? Mm-hmm. As to what kind of hardware you have running underneath. Yeah. Right? As, as soon uh, very abstract. As soon as your hardware was on some sort of hardware compatibility list, you're fine. You can start virtualization. Right? Very similar aspects we see here now with uh, when it comes to networking and security. By doing something like virtualizing switches, routers, firewalls, etc., mm-hmm. etc., everything that's physical and sits underneath mm-hmm. becomes abstracted. Correct. At first, right? So very easy to consume because it's part of the virtualization layer, basically becomes a policy and, uh, and all the benefits that you have from virtualization in the first place. That also means that in, in the long run, um, and that's where the any sits, any kind of switching technology or routing technology or even security fabric that you have sitting underneath that virtualization can become exactly that, any. Mm-hmm. We we're not we have some recommendations obviously because sure. there are some requirements uh, still that need to be followed. But it's it's a best practice that you it, should follow. Absolutely, absolutely. The the only concern you should have is that we as a virtualization platform put something on a physical wire mm-hmm. that we have the assurance that at the other end of the wire it pops up again. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Who is then in charge of that wire? What vendor? What topology? What kind of exotic algorithm you're using? That doesn't really matter. By which I'm also saying that your existing fabric, let's call it that, Mm -hmm. fabric as a sum of all switching, routing, et cetera, uh, becomes relatively, and and I hate the term, but becomes relatively dumb. Which is Dumb with Mm -hmm. D-U-M-B. Stupid, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, why? Because all of the intelligence is now running in that virtualization layer. Correct. Well, which which comes also with some advantages. Mainly advantages. Yes. Uh, very few disadvantages, yeah. if any, yeah. <laughs> actually. Any. Any, again. We gotta, we gotta for, for and the circle any. is round. <laughs> um, 
advantages being obvious, right? So again, looking back in history, when you virtualize, one of the benefits of doing a virtual putting a virtual server on that platform is that it it, it becomes software. Right? Mm-hmm. Very very abstract. The benefit of doing that is that you can easily create, move, store, delete, backup, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, independent of the, 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 the physical aspects of the server that it sits on. When virtualizing network and security, it, it becomes, again, exactly that. Mm-hmm. If you need a switch, if you need a router, firewall, load balancer, you name it, since it is part of that platform, you can now easily create, store, move, delete those services. Correct. Running on any Again, physical and, and disconnected as well from that from that physical layer. And also, if you look from a physical layer point of view, it doesn't really matter where that physical layer is. A- absolutely not. So that's that's also what VMware can bring us. Yeah. So we we don't we don't really care um, where it runs yeah. because any cloud is also one of the any's. No, right? Absolutely. So basically, you could sum that down by saying any any resource, mm-hmm. right? You could say that uh, a private cloud, your own data center, or the sum of your private clouds, many data centers, mm-hmm. um, as well as cloud resources, become that, a resource. Mm-hmm. And then through the, the power of virtualization, in this case mainly NSX, mm-hmm. um, it allows you to consume those resources, no matter where they are. If they are geographically separated in, in different sites or running in a cloud or, or whatever, whatever yeah. it's just a resource at that point. Correct. I always, and it might seem, sound a little bit strange, but I always um, look at it as putting your VM in some sort of bag and you can put that bag wherever you want because you can consume it everywhere. Right? Let, let, let's, let's call it your picnic. If you want to consume your picnic at home, fine. If you want to consume your picnic somewhere else, fine. Mm-hmm. It, it will taste the same, it will look the same, it will... Potentially, if you hit a car or something like that, it would be a little bit mixed. But still, it, <laughs> it, it, it is the same. It is the same ingredients. It's all the same policies. Right? That, that, that's where it's all about. And one yeah. of the Ennies is, uh, and, and, and perhaps uh, my, my name colleague will uh, have more details on that, or mm. probably have, will have more details on that. One of the Ennies is about any application. True. And let's, let's be very honest here. Um, why do we even have networks? The reason why we have a network is to make sure that everybody has access, preferably in a secured way, to that application. Because that application, that's your crown jewel. That's that's where your business, True. that's what your business is about. Right? True. The network is there to give access, again, preferably in a secure way, to users, to other parts of the data center, mm-hmm. to whatever. The way networks were built the last 10, 20 years was because uh, was in a certain way because the uh, applications that we had were primarily client-server applications. True. So it makes sense that if you have multiple sites, for instance, um, that you have a, a, what we call a star topology, mm-hmm. right? In the center of the star, uh, like, a, like a wheel of a bicycle at the spokes in the, the center, uh, that's where your data center sits, mm-hmm. and all the rest is, is secondary sites. Uh. Mm-hmm. Today, however, what we see is that a lot of the applications that we consume or, or use to collaborate with are cloud-based. So it, it doesn't make any sense anymore to give to, to, to put that start topology in place and to make sure that every traffic is first, and that, that's the official term is backhauled, eh? mm-hmm. it's called backhauling, to the data center and then give cloud access. So it, it, it's yeah. much, much more beneficial to give each and every site its proper in a secure way, again, as part of the foundation, mm-hmm. uh, access to the cloud, to, to where the services sit. 
And can we also, and that's maybe something I would I would like summarize it because what we are talking about is especially the, the networking virtualization and and uh, and how it connects to different clouds and mm -hmm. whatever. What VMware gives you there is not another user interface. What we give our our customers basically is a consistent layer of of infrastructure. Absolutely. Right. So across clouds, yeah. which which it spans basically from your from your private to your public cloud, yeah. whatever cloud provider there is, as long as they run some sort of our VMware technology yeah. on that end. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So and that that gives us a very um, good standardized, consistent infrastructure layer where we can run our applications on. Absolutely, right. and, and actually you already summarized it pretty well. One of the challenges that, actually there are many challenges, but one of the main challenges that our customers see when going to the cloud is the fear of adopting new policies, new infrastructure. And, and the way they, they don't really understand how the cloud is built and how they can start building policies around mm -hmm. it and then really consuming that those resources, again, resources. What we as VMware, in that concept, what we as VMware provide is a, a consistent language. Correct. Oh, and not only consistent, but also a language that they have already learned over the last 20 years. That's so they, they don't need to adapt to new technology nope. to start consuming the cloud in the way they consume any other, re again, any any other resource. But any, so change is good as long sure. as, as uh, so change is good as long as people see the benefit of the change. Yeah. Right? If they don't see the benefit of the change, it's a burden. Sure. Right? It's the same thing with Frederick, the other Fredericks part. So VDI I always see as an um, as as a, as a change, and if the performance is better or equal as what it was before, then nobody will mm. will ever argue against it because that's the moment they say, eh, "I don't care where my desktop is coming from. Mm. It's coming from s some server somewhere in data center. I don't know what server is, and I don't know what storage is, and I don't know what networking is, but I still can work, and I still have my applications available to." me as a user so th th that's maybe your your take on it as well so if you look at user and this is where it starts user experience for Correct. the end user then and a lot of people are, or a lot of organizations are thinking hey uh, user experience is key and they need to make sure that they have the same experience like they would have on a physical laptop Correct. so if you can match that normally you would you will not have any um, fear of change mm -hmm. but you always have fear of change, and, and that's the strange thing in IT. What I always notice is IT is helping changing organizations, mm -hmm. but the first ones that are afraid of change is IT themselves Sells. sometimes. Yeah. And that's a strange discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can help them and say, hey, we can leverage security, we can leverage uh, consistent infrastructure, consistent operations on those those kind of parts, mm -hmm. you can help them tremendously. Yeah. And and steer away from the discussion of change. Sure. Because at the end, the user and, and everything leads to, and it was a, a nice one, because at a certain moment you said policies and, and uh, freedom of choice, mm -hmm. and, and uh, at the end, everything leads to end user computing. Um, you said, hey, the application is key, and, and that's why we uh, organizations r exist around that application, key application that yes. they need to run their business. Well, um, if you look at all the components that we set up, if you look at a server, if you, if you look at a, a switch, uh, why do we do that? Well, at the end, the switch we do for connectivity mm -hmm. and connectivity is to that application, but that application is being used by the end user. If you look at a server, well, the server is being uh, virtualized on top, 
but to host that application again, again for that end user, routers, firewalls. At the end, everything leads to that end user. You want to make sure that end user experience is top notch. Yeah. And okay, I always have customers that debate on that topic. Everything leads to end user computing, uh, and they say AI and machine learning. But at the end, uh, there's always a person. But next even, to that, even uh, even AI and machine learning leads to end user computing in yeah. the end, because in the end it serves the business, and the business is the people working for that business. So in the end, it's yeah. end user. That's that's what I say all. Yeah. You, you don't even have to look so far, right? So an, another set of users that we're very uh, accustomed to by now is uh, the developers out there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so, so some of the discussions I, I regularly have at customers is. What's what's a good approach in in terms of providing infrastructure to uh, infrastructure resources uh, to uh, to developers? And as as a good VMware customer, they understand that it's very easy to provide CPU, memory, storage, Visa, right? Um, that's the part they all understand. Mm. And what the discussion is then about if a developer is in charge of innovating, right? creating new applications that that's its main task, or supporting existing ones, but mainly innovating and making sure that new applications are put in place for the business to grow or extend or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. What they want to do is develop and innovate at what we call the speed of business. Right? If that's the goal, mm -hmm. if that's the, the, the belief, right, then, then it doesn't make sense that, um, yes, you can have virtualized CPU, virtualized memory, virtualized storage at a fraction of a second. That's what they all understand. Mm -hmm. But then need to wait need to wait a week a month to have connectivity to mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. right so um, if those developers need to wait for the networking guy to provide the right VLAN or to put it on the right switch and on the security guy um, to make sure that the firewall is open to access that application the load balancing guy needs to do some stuff etc mm -hmm. etc et then that's a clear disconnect of, of that belief right that's not at the speed of business. And that's where the, the, the policy-driven approach of software-defined networking, mm -hmm. the, the part that I was discussing earlier, uh, brings tremendous value because they're all connectivity and security is automatically generated by yeah, that if, workload. If you look at, at the bigger picture, then, because you talk about software-defined networking, but if you look at everything as software at, sure. at that moment, it's virtualized compute, yeah. memory, and so on. Storage is virtualized, networking is virtualized, and the consistent infrastructure makes it possible to automate because it's a policy-based. makes it programmable. Uh, yeah, it, programmable, you can really absolutely. say, hey, I, I want to move, I want to put this on, on this part of the cloud, I want to move this on, on another part and have a consistent operation because you have consistent infrastructure on and, that part. And then, and then remaining, or the, the visibility of that different deployments across clouds is also one of the of the key takeaways I would say within mm -hmm. the VMware strategy is also give people the the right insight in what we as as a, as an end user or what an end user would like to see costing what mm -hmm. is running where mm -hmm. how is it running how is it performing is it still okay is my service up right mm -hmm. so all these things are also coming to some sort of consistent operational model that we put put in place for all our customers coming back to that um, developer experience because mm -hmm. I think there is also two speeds in, in the business today. Uh, you say we uh, developers are potentially working on putting new stuff in the data center as soon, uh, sorry, in, biz in, the, in production as soon as possible and the quicker the better, right? And potentially um, 
hit the wall, change it, and then go go again. Mm-hmm. But there is also an, a speed of legacy, mm-hmm. which Correct. is also something yeah. that we need to take into account because going to a cloud, whatever cloud, going to the cloud, they the speed of cloud is is way way faster than what potential our customers can do. Right? If you look at our region, and we're all in the same region, um, we can say that we're quite conservative. Mm-hmm. From new technology adoption point of view, understatement for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what I see uh, happening is that people say, "Yeah, we want to go to the cloud, but not tomorrow, not the day after, but potentially a year from now." So, in that time, they still need to keep their legacy applications awake, and it's also mm-hmm. something that we can bring as VMware. We can bring mm-hmm. as VMware a, a layer that, that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. keeping the lights yeah. on for the legacy, putting light on for the new, uh, and keeping then that 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 all the consistency in the underlays right? yeah. and also from for the end user computing point of view giving them new applications in a consistent way yeah it, and it's a nice thing you said legacy and uh, I do not like the word legacy I, I, I more like ancient, call it <laughs> ancient. Uh, traditional okay. uh, and and why because if I look at end user computing uh, if you look at mobile devices we started 15 years, 20 years ago, first cell phone, something around... 20, 20, 21 20, years 20, from smartphone. Yeah. yeah, 21 years I had a first cell phone. So yeah. Yeah. I had to need to pay for myself and so on. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of money at that time. Uh, not even now. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, that was connectivity. If you look at what we... If you look at the traditional applications, mostly they look at productivity. And then I like to term that you said innovation. Mm-hmm what we're trying to achieve is innovation. So we need to make the step from productivity to innovation. Correct. And that's the step from um, yeah, those traditional applications. How can we make sure that they are available? Because we need a bridge. Mm-hmm. But we can also start thinking about how can we modernize those applications and innovate on those kind of applications. Yeah. So an interesting discussion on that yeah. topic. Yeah. And that's, of course, that, that, that's making the translation between what yeah, basically keeping the lights on or going to some sort of, of, of faster moving pace that mm. is now out there. And that's something that we need to uh, need to facilitate, I would say. Um, coming back to the data center world, mm. uh, how how are we going to connect? Because there is no wire running from a data center to the cloud, right? There is no uh, so so. What 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 is what is the what is the magic sauce that makes it con- consistent connectivity model, if you would call it like that? You would be surprised how many actual cables there are running between <laughs> your data center and the cloud. Um, but I cannot plug I cannot plug it in the cloud. That's what I was saying. No, so. Not not physically. <laughs> anyway. They're looking into the ocean. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, okay. The the transatlantic uh, wire and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, um, the the glue, the glue of of many of our solutions, uh, cross solution, is is uh, boils down to to NSX is, is uh, network and security virtualization. Um, wh- what does that mean? That means, coming back to what we just discussed, consistent experience. Right? So you as um, an infrastructure administrator, you know how your applications, or you should know how your applications talk to each other, how they need to be connected to the outside world, to the users, to other parts of your data center, to databases, whatever. Not only in terms of connectivity, but also in terms of security, you should have a good idea on how to secure your own crown jewels. Right? Um, 
let's say that for whatever reason, scale could be a good reason, um, you move to the cloud or elasticity or whatever, then it does not make sense for you to learn a new language or it should not be the case that you need to learn a new programming language, a new infrastructure language in order to secure and connect your application as you already knew how to. Right? What we provide with VMware is a consistent experience, a consistent language mm -hmm. that allows you to, as you said, in a bag pretty much, mm -hmm. take up that application and put it on any resource. And then to answer your question, that's what NSX is about. NSX is decoupling connectivity and security from any physical constraints. Mm -hmm. So when I say, yes, there are many cables running from and to your data center, that's a fact. We rely on them as a, as a form of transport, just making sure that the packet reaches the other side of the world, if you want. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, you build overlay networks that you, that you manage, that you direct, that you secure. right? And that's where the... The glue comes from. Yeah, and that's the same thing. And especially if, if I look, for example, to the storage world, that's a that's another thing. If you look at uh, at how we are collaborating with AWS, for example, um, that's also the world that is now changing. For example, if you look at disaster recovery, that's also a way that it's a perfect use case for cloud. If I would say, mm -hmm. um, there are apart from other use cases, but there are. This is one case that I see as an why should we still keep a, a second data center alive? 24-7 X amount of years, right? But we can just can consume potential four servers out of the cloud, store our all our data at the cloud provider, and once problems are arising in my data center, my data center is on fire, everything is down, potentially we can just spin up the flexibility of the cloud, drain that storage that we have there, put it all in production, and get stuff done mm -hmm. fast, easy. And if I look at the cost of a secondary data center and when it's been used, because there are not that many hurricanes in, in Belgium, there are not that many earthquakes in Belgium, floodings, no. Uh, well, Strikes, lots of strikes. Lots like, of strikes yeah. we have, yeah, that's we true. Can, yeah. We can solve that with intuitive computing, but... <laughs> Everything needs to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at, if you look at, um, at, at our, um, call it geography, why should we still keep a secondary data center alive? Why shouldn't we just put it somewhere in the cloud where uh, the SLA is being is being it's exactly that? It's it's all about SLAs. Yeah, and and um, depending on what kind of SLA that you want to bring back to the business that, mm -hmm. that you as IT are supporting, uh, um, that will define the choice of the, the cost and maintenance accompanied to a second site, as, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, or the flexibility of of, of the cloud. That that sure. will drive that, that, that choice. Now, just want to add something on yeah, top of that, sure. is that if you build your infrastructure in another cloud that, that you don't own, mm -hmm. right? by definition, whatever kind of infrastructure that might be, means that the networking, the connectivity uh, strategy that you have built inside your private data center does not extend to that cloud because it's a, it's a different resource, it's a different demarcation, it's a different bubble out there, right? Coming back to NSX, that's exactly what we provide. Mm -hmm. Consistent network and security across those clouds. So if your use case is disaster recovery, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, relatively easy to copy bits and bytes to another cloud, to replicate towards another True. cloud. Right? If something happens with your primary site and you're happy with the replication, 
those VMs, those workloads, they are triggered by the, the failure of your primary site. Yep. They will come up in a strange network. They, they're, because it's not your network, right? Um, so even though you have those workloads sitting there, they're not able to talk with your end, your end users, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the users of the application, perhaps other parts of other data centers, because it's a strange network. And then I need to come back to NSX. That's exactly what we do. Making sure that the, 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 the switches in... in uh, the, the term is stretched, of course, but mm -hmm. we stretch those networking concepts, again, across any cloud, so that when they come up, they have the proper connectivity and, of course, security to be able to be consumed just as if they were part of, of the private data center. Yeah, and that's, of course, that, that's what we can bring as VMware. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's, of course, what resonates very well with our customers. If I look at, if I, for example, last year when we were in, uh, in, in VMworld in Barcelona or Las Vegas, doesn't matter, um, what, I, what I heard customers talk about is how that strategy comes to life these days. Um, so what, what we see happening is that everybody was talking about standardization. We bring that standardization. Mm -hmm. Everybody was talking about um, the operational burden that cloud brings and potentially people moving back from cloud to their own on-site data center because of the burden. We bring that consistent operational model across clouds. And then of course we bring that, that developer and end-user computing experience Cross clouds doesn't really matter where we just we, we, we as VMware can bring it and that resonates very well. If you look at if, if we look back five years from from here uh, and we look back, um, what it was it was just pieces of the puzzle lying on the table, but there was no real puzzle mm. at that moment. And at this moment, there is a real good puzzle that fits together, and there is there is no pieces missing at this moment. We have a very good way forward and see. Uh, how that puzzle fits together, and that's that's a really really uh, good to see that a, that a company like VMware is basically now um, transformed itself Absolutely. from one product company to a multitude of products, but now bringing that 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 consistency across the complete portfolio mm -hmm. to um, to life. Um, now, guys, do you wanna do you wanna add something extra to this? Call it summary. I have a topic in mind, but I refer to my colleague first. <laughs> um, the first one that I wanted to add was uh, the freedom of choice uh, that mm -hmm. I already touched on. But if we look on why we did virtualization uh, in the beginning, so 20 years ago, almost 21, because we're 2019 now. Um, at the moment of recording. At the moment of recording, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. So if we look at why... Obvious choices was, of course, uh, total cost of ownership, those kind of things. But one of those things was freedom of choice. You could choose if it was HP, Dell, IBM. You could choose what kind of storage and, and so on. Um, well, that freedom of choice is what any, 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 and I have a Ford any, any use case, uh, so mm -hmm. four any, mm -hmm. um, means because if you look at freedom of choice for end-user computing, you can choose any device. You can choose your Mac, your uh, iPad, your uh, phone. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you look at networking, uh, you have choice of uh, your hardware layer there. If you look at your storage uh, of stain, uh, you can really choose what you want to do. And, and I think that is really important because it delivers a consistent infrastructure again and freedom of choice. Cho choice definitely resonates very well with our customers. Uh, with, with choice also comes... Um, the, the way we think about budgets, right? Because, again, the way the networks and security were built 
earlier was a function of the application, of course. Mm. Now, by bringing choice, also means that the next investments around those concepts, like networking and security, can be drastically uh, decimated, basically, mm. because they will, from a physical point of view anyway, will only be consumed for the service that they are, a switch, a router, a firewall. And all intelligence, well, not all, but most intelligence, will run virtualized, mm. okay, consumable like a VM. The topic I wanted to, to add, and I'm looking at you at, uh, for, for timekeeping's sake, mm -hmm. is uh, security. We, we always dance around the, the subject uh, mm -hmm. a bit, and we just discussed connectivity and how it's being consumed by, uh, by uh, end users. Uh, connectivity cross-cloud and consistent uh, connectivity in that way. And um, we, we can't forget about security. No. Uh, Every product from VMware always is built around security first, right? When you give a presentation on vSAN, uh, Stan, unknowingly you talk about security. Knowingly as well. No, yeah. in, in, in your case, obviously, knowingly. But you don't go in and say, I'm going to deliver a security presentation. No. Uh, same for Frederick, um, when you talk about user access, user authentication, encryption, knowingly, knowingly <laughs> you talk about security. And same is true when we talk about the software-defined data center. Everything is built around security uh, concepts. And security is always an, an intrinsic part of building that data center. Mm -hmm. It's never an afterthought. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so in love with VMware here as a solution provider. It's not just about making it available. It's not just about giving connectivity across clouds because we can. No, it's how can we do that in a secure way? And if we can't, we won't be doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's a very strong message in itself. Mm -hmm. I like the word, I like the, the wording then, uh, intrinsic security. Mm -hmm. because yeah, built in security. It's really built in, it's really across all the layers and, and yeah. it's really needed. But that's one one of the of the next episodes we'll we'll dedicate in in we'll dedicate it on, on security because I think that is for us uh, and and actually for all of our customers it should not be an afterthought as you say correct and 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 I have the feeling potentially there are some people giving it an afterthought and not a, 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 and, and for example in my world backup is some sort of afterthought mm, good example yeah. right uh, oh we didn't we didn't have a backup oops yeah, yeah. but you just lost years and yeah. years of months and months of work. So this is this is something that we that we um, should always take into account, and and especially if you if we go to the cloud, we don't know who is looking at those servers where our stuff is running on. So security should always be a part of it. So mm. we will we will we will take that as a as a as a, as a second episode or third episode, whatever. Sounds like a plan. Um, so uh, so with that, um, I think we we have around of thirty minutes or so of wow. of, of episode. Uh, where we uh, where we have a, a good understanding, a good view of what VMware can bring. Um, maybe, guys, just uh, one more thing. Um, where can they find you? So, uh, Frederick, number one, you can find me uh, with my Twitter handle. It's at uh, EndpointMan, so I'm uh, a bit of a superhero myself. And, of course, you can follow us on uh, V underscore superheroes, and you can find the podcast also there. Yes. And the other Frederick, you can find behind the Twitter handle BE underscore NSX. 
and uh, you can find me at at as the prill um, on Twitter and uh, of course uh, just Google me or YouTube me whatever uh, if you want to put a face to the to the voice um, and uh, yeah with that I would like to conclude the 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 episode hey guys thank you very much for all your uh, comprehensive thoughts on the You're vision welcome. and the strategy thank you Stan um, and we will uh, we will yeah we will take it from here to uh, to all the next episodes hey, thank you guys and uh, talk to you soon bye bye thank you.